1: Hi, welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today we're going to talk about fire. One of my favorite TV shows is Survivor Man. If you haven't seen it, the host, Les Stroud, puts himself into various dangerous situations and then films himself as he shows how to survive in those situations. My favorite parts of those shows are watching all the different ways that he uses to start fires. You know, fire's been around since the beginning of time. How long humans have been able to control and use fire is a matter of some debate, but most people believe that it started around a million or so years ago. And once man had the ability to use fire, he could do all kinds of things. He could cook food, better control agriculture, make pottery, forge tools out of metal, and even send rockets into space, all thanks to fire. But what exactly is fire? What makes something burn... And why do some fires have different colors? Now, if you're into technical definitions, you could say that fire is the rapid oxidation of some combustible material, where various heat, light, radiation, and other materials are given off as byproducts. But where's the fun in that? Let's dissect that definition bit by bit in order to get a better understanding of what fire really is. First, let's talk about oxidation. Oxidation is a type of chemical reaction where electrons are taken from something by some type of oxidizing agent. Usually, this oxidizing agent is oxygen itself. You may remember that in an earlier episode called The Basics of pH, I referred to oxygen as a big bully. Its strong electronegativity allows it to easily take electrons from other substances, a process called oxidation. Oxidation can happen slowly, like when an iron nail slowly rusts away, or quickly, like when a piece of paper catches on fire. For a fire, we need rapid oxidation. In order to begin rapid oxidation, some type of heat is usually needed as a catalyst. This can come in some mundane form, such as a match or lighter, or something more dramatic, such as a bolt of lightning. However, some oxidizers, such as perchloric acid, need almost no heat to start the reaction, and are therefore extremely dangerous to work with. Once the rapid oxidation has started, Energy is released from the reaction in the form of heat, light, and other types of radiation. This is what normal people would call a flame. The shape, size, color, and makeup of a flame depends upon many complicated factors. For the most part, flame color can be thought of as an indication of flame temperature and fuel composition. For example, red flames are cooler in temperature than blue or white flames. A fun experiment you can do at home is called a flame test. A flame test is a crude way to identify the composition of unknown metals. When metal ions get hot, they start to emit light of a predictable color called an emission spectrum. For example, copper makes a blue-green flame, whereas calcium is usually dark red. An easy way to perform a flame test is to coat a small piece of wire with some metal salts. The most common metal salt in normal people's homes is sodium chloride, or table salt. Hold the coated metal loop over a flame, The flame from a propane torch works best, but you could use a stove or candle if you have to. And you should see the flame turn bright yellow, indicating that sodium is present. If you have other metal salts available, such as calcium chloride or copper chloride, you'll be able to see other colors as well. Speaking of colorful flames, you may have heard that burning driftwood causes purple and blue flames. And this is because of the metal salts which are absorbed by the wood. As a precaution, however, I should tell you that driftwood fires give off large amounts of dioxin, which are carcinogenic, so be careful around driftwood fires. They may look pretty, but you wouldn't want to start one in your fireplace. That's all the fiery science we have time for today. If you like today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter. If you have a question you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, I'm Lee Phelan, helping you to make sense of science.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas.